0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I'm going to be riding solo here for a six-game Saturday, or, sorry, Sunday. Sorry, guys. You are, don't have an extra day on the weekend. I tried to give you one. If it was up to me, you would. You'd have a whole, you know what, I'll give you a seven-day weekend. Why not? I guess I can't do that. Five-day weekend, and you get two-day work two-day work, day, work week. Uh, anyways, moving on. Let's talk about some DFS guys. We have an interesting slate here. Um, we've got a couple of uh, early single game showdowns. One I'm pretty excited about. Another one I'm a little confused about. Not too sure what to do. And then we have a four game main slate. So it is a uh, actually kind of a perfect size couple of slates here uh, for us to play. So I'm pretty excited. Got a couple of guys that I'm pretty uh, pretty amped on, as well as some opportunities from you know suspensions and injuries and all that good stuff so let's get into it man let's talk about the orlando magic and the charlotte hornets which is the first single game show down there on the slate we do have the hornets favored by one points and one point in this game i don't currently see a uh, game total at least not on DraftKings. We do have some injury news that we need to stay on top of here uh that's gonna be pretty key Kelly Oubre Jr. is still out with that hand injury. Just wanted to mention him since it's the single-game showdown. Cody Barton also still out with a knee injury. Just wanted to mention him as well. Um, on the Orlando Magic side, though, this is probably where things get the most interesting. We do have Choma Kike, KK out with a knee injury still. Not that interesting. But Jalen Suggs is going to be out with the suspension for that fight with Austin Rivers. And, of course, Mo Bamba going to serve a four-game suspension for that fight with Austin Rivers. And that's probably the biggest uh, bit of news there. So uh some guys that we can really go to there. Um uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and just say LaMelo Ball is gonna be my captain at 18,000. He's the only guy here on this entire list of guys that uh has you know triple double potential. I think I think he's kind of foolish to go with anything else, honestly. I mean Paulo Bencaro, uh yeah, he has that scoring upside that he doesn't really do much outside of score though. And uh you're looking at Franz Wagner, maybe I could see it, you know, that'd be like a super duper, like you're very large field. GPP, and you want to be super contrarian or, or you know go against the grain. I still see a world in which LaMelo Ball doesn't outscore those guys, though, and be worth the extra, you know, however much he's uh, he's at eighteen thousand for captain spot. And I just don't think you're gonna. I just don't think you can fade him there. I think I think he's got to be a captain. So that's my two cents there. Uh, I think he's pretty much locked in for me. But I think after the beyond that, where's where things get kind of interesting. So uh, you know, Mo Wagner at four thousand, obviously no Mo Bamba. And so Moritz Wagner should should play plenty of minutes here. And we've seen what he's done in minutes before. He was he's been a permanent beast for since this time of the Wizards. And even the Lakers. Um He's always been that dude. So I was looking forward to this guy having an expanded role uh, actually with the Wizards. That didn't that never transpired, that never happened. Getting a bit of an opportunity here with the Orlando Magic, who aren't really necessarily looking to win basketball games. And so I think uh, Mo Wagner at 4,000 makes a whole lot of sense. I think you can go with some Bull Bull at 3,400 with no Mo Bamba, but I think that's riskier, considerably risky, riskier than uh, Mo Wagner. Personally, I'm not going to go that direction. I'll just go with Mo. That's just my two cents there. But I think you can look at Bull Bull 3,400. It's a small to pay, obviously, for a guy that has pretty good upside. The problem is the minutes aren't there. The problem with Bull is that, you know, despite the offensive skill, I mean, it's, it's just, defense is just going to be a problem for him. It's always going to be a problem for him. He is not an NBA-level defender. And, and so it's tough to play him and really get a good look at, at guys, even even a young manager team. Like, how are you going to look at guys when you're playing a guy out there that's kind of a gimmick? I hate, you know, I hate to say that for, for Bull Bull fans out there. I do like Bull Bull. I like the new Bull, like his father also. But Bull Bull just isn't. It's hard to say he's an NBA level player at this point in his career. Still pretty young, though, so maybe he gets there. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., at 7,600. We all know the Charlotte Hornets against centers. We want to target centers against Charlotte Hornets. And, uh, yeah. So do that. (laughs) Do that with Wendell Carter. I think it's easy to to go to this guy. Um, Had a string of really good games. Had a string of not-so-good games recently. But this is a good bounce-back spot for him, a good spot for him to get right. Had a couple of rough matches before this, so... I'm giving him a bit of a pass. for a little bit of a slide there. Uh, Last guy I want to add here is Gary Harris at 2,800. Getting the minutes, you know, in the past on Denver and stuff, you know, we've seen him produce in those minutes, but not the same dude, not the same kind of usage, not the same role. <laughs> He's not like a super high ceiling type play, but I think, you know, if you're looking for a guy under like 3,000 on the slate, there's no one else I'm going to go to there. You know, some people might mention like Jonathan Isaac and until Jonathan Isaac gets that 10 minute minutes limit, minutes limit lifted. I'm not looking his way at all. Man. It's just not going to happen. It's just not enough opportunity there. Um, Ten minutes is just just not enough. I mean, he's been playing really well those little, those few minutes there, but I need. To, I've been watching him closely, monitoring him. Once we get news that that you know transfer limit is going to be lifted, that's when I'm going to go ahead and go with Jonathan Isaac. Um, you know, maybe if he if we even get news that he's playing to play twenty minutes, I mean, I think even even that on this uh, this single game showdown slate, it'd probably be worth it to uh, have some Jonathan Isaac. But I haven't seen news about that yet. No reason to believe that's going to happen, so take that for what's worth. There you go. Uh, that's it, though. That's going to cover it for our first single game showdown. That's probably the one I'm most excited about. I feel like I have the best gra- grasp on that one. So. Uh, but let's move on, though, to the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Indiana Pacers, the other early game here. Uh, we do have Karis LeVert questionable with a hamstring injury, so that's something to obviously monitor. Dylan Wendler's been out with an ankle injury, going to continue to be out. On the Indiana Pacers, we have Daniel Tice questionable with a uh, that knee injury, just managing it, trying to not put too many end. It's not too early. So I would have to say he's probably more on the doubtful side here, which is going to be key to what I'm going to mention here. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, when you're looking at the captain spot, I mean, I think Donovan Mitchell's a shoe in for me. I, I think Donovan Mitchell, 14-4. Uh, you know, Tyrese Halliburton's the most expensive guy in the slate. And you have Darius Garland um, just behind Donovan Mitchell in terms of pricing. But I look at the, you know, it's going to be a tough matchup both ways defensively. I mean, these are two pretty solid defensive teams. And especially at the you know center and in front court positions. So I'm looking for the guards here, and the guards do happen to be the most priced-up guys here. But I'm looking at those three guys. I'm just thinking, like, who is the guy that I trust can rise above that defense and put up points? And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of love out there for Tigers Halliburton. I get it, and there should be. But he's not as talented of an offensive player as Donovan Mitchell. You can't convince me that that's the case. Um, Darius Garland, I mean, I think he could get there at some point in his career. But I do think that uh, at this point in time, Donovan Mitchell is that is that dude. He is that dude. So, Donovan Mitchell, Captain, just seems like the whole, makes like a whole lot of sense to me. And you should be able to afford all three of those guys, honestly, because there's going to be a lot of value, particularly on the Indiana side that you can just kind of rummage through. I've only got one other play, though, that I'm confident enough in suggesting here. And that's Isaiah Jackson, actually, at 1,400. Absolutely cheap. Almost minimum pricing. But I'm going to just bank on the fact that there's going to be no Daniel Tice here. They have no incentive to make him play through an injury. I am I'm, don't even know why they're playing him in general, to be honest. I know that confuses a lot of people. Uh, Carlisle just <laughs> doing what he does, man. Just playing some dudes, playing some guys that he likes. and Don't know what the overall direction is there. I mean, it's hard to gauge, really, because the Pacers started out... You know, super hot and win a lot of games. And then, of course, you know, Tyrese Halliburton get hurt. and But they, they've given no indication that they're going to tank. No indication they're even going to trade any of their assets to try to build anything around Tyrese Halliburton. So I just don't, I really don't know how to read this Indiana Pacers team. Uh, I think it's fine for them to, you know, they've got plenty of young talent. They don't, like, have to add young talent. So it's fine for them to be kind of a middling team, maybe get the play in, get some experience for their young guys. I think that's – I get it. That's fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Like, in terms of, like, you know, who's going to play on any given night, it's tough to kind of gauge that at this point. So that's the kind of frustrating part. But, hey, don't be afraid to leave money on the table in this uh, in this one. I mean, you've got guys that are, like, just priced up to the point where you can't play them, especially in the Pacers, you know, because um, – because we did have Tyrus Halliburton out for so long, so you got, like, you know, TJ Connell's up like, 7,600. He's only getting, like, a handful of minutes now, 12, 12 to 14 minutes. Like, I'm not gonna roster him not there at that minute, not at that minutes, at those minutes. Uh, Benedict Matherin, still getting the minutes, but less usage with, with Tyrus Halliburton back. It's been reflected in his scores. I mean, I think he's a fine guy. I think I landed on him, actually, in my, my lineup that I made, just because I just don't know anyone that's under, like, 7,000, there's just, I just don't know who's going to be that dude. So I just use the most of my salary, basically, but yeah, it's kind of hard to judge there, so, you know, I'm not the best judge of this game, probably, but I do have those two, Donovan Mitchell and Isaiah Jackson as guys that I would definitely look heavily at. Let's move on, though. Let's go to the four-game mainstay. but before we do, I want to go ahead and mention the DFS pass at SportsEthos.com. You should go sign up for it, and you should get the Ethos 360 pass also, which gets you the Wager Pass and the Fantasy Pass as well. But you should get all that, and come join us in the Discord. Come talk with us about basketball, fancy basketball, gambling, DFS. Sportsethos.com is where you go sign up for that stuff. And, uh, hey, Tom Keith sent you. But, hey, it's a four-game main slate. We do have some injury news we want to stay on top of here. we got Joel Embiid, questionable with a foot injury. John Morant, also questionable with a wrist injury. The Memphis Grizzlies are actually really interesting here because uh, Jaron Jackson, Jr., questionable with a thigh injury. And Dylan Brooks is already out with a suspension for kicking a dude in the nuts. That's what happened. Kicked a dude right square in the, the no zone and uh, got a little smackeroonie on the hand. <laughs> so there you go. He's out for a game. Uh, Darren Fox is also still out with that personal issue. I think he's, he think he just had a kid. I guess all that. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But if you did, congratulations, Mr. Fox. Hope it uh, all turns out very well for you. Uh, Rudy Gobert questionable the ball with a groin injury. Again, downgraded, actually. So... I don't want to say he's doubtful, but I just, I have a very good feeling that he's not going to play in this game. Uh, also on the Wills, we, which is kind of interesting here, we have Kyle Anderson, Salomo, also questionable with a back injury. So that front court getting a little thinned out. Uh, on the Pelicans, we have Jonas Valanciunas, Jonas Valanciunas, questionable, but I don't have to say doubtful. Went, left a game with a knee injury, getting an MRI done. I don't see him playing. I it be very surprised if he suits up. Continuous Cobalt Pope, also questionable with a ankle injury on this slate so far. But keep on top of that news by joining us with the DFS passing. We'll, we'll keep you guys up to date. So, yeah, I got quite a few you know, plays that I like in this slate here. Let's just start. I'm just going to go down my list here. Um, just kind of going uh, the way I have it. I have Minnesota and Denver first. and uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell at 7,200. Um, not like my favorite play in the entire world, but like looking at the guys in that range, he's definitely got the highest ceiling, in my opinion. I don't see other people in that seven to seven, five, seven, six range that I would, you know, I'm like, oh man, I gotta, gotta have me some of him. <laughs> and I'm not, uh, just don't see it. Like you got CJ McCollum and you know, McCollum's good. And it's gets the, the King. So maybe that's the dude you're looking at. Eight thousand. You got Jamal Murray. Actually, just looking at this now, again, you got a big gap when you go from like seventy five hundred, or maybe it's because a rostering in them all. Actually, now that I'm looking at it, down to down to like uh, fifty nine hundred. You don't have many options. So he's one of those guys that fits in there. So I do like me some Delo at 7200 do have him in my current lineup here that I've constructed. Uh, I'm going to mention also, you know, Minnesota is playing Denver. And I know a lot of people might gravitate towards Nazareed with nobody to go bare. I think that's fine. Um, but, you know, we're talking about Jokic. We're talking about a guy that's going to have high usage. Maybe we see some foul trouble. I have my eye on Luka Garza, actually. And centers don't really typically do well against Jokic t- historically. So I'm not, like, super into Nazareth, I don't have him on my list. I don't think I'm going to raster him. His price point is pretty pretty fair, honestly. Even if he gets like those expanded minutes and the expanded roll. Um, if it was a better matchup, maybe. But, but yeah, Luca Garza at thirty one hundred. This is a guy that's got insane per minute, um, you know, output ability. And all he needs is the minutes, and those minutes might be there. If you don't have slow mo, if you don't have uh, Rudy Gobert, he might see fifteen minutes. That's all you need. All you need. So there you go. Um, on the other side of the ball, Nikola Jokic at 11.4. Yeah, I'm. I'm banking on Gobert being out here, and if Gobert is out, I see no one on this Wolves team that's going to be able to stop Nikola Jokic. I think Jokic is going to tear up this Minnesota Wolves team. That's assuming that you know the Nuggets take this seriously and play everybody, which they should. The Wolves are playing well. Um, it's going to be a good game, I think, but. Yeah, Jokic has to be my top play, And you know I'm not, like, typically on, like, the top price guys on slate, but I mean, it's a four-game slate, first of all. That that obviously has a, a factor here. I'm definitely more amenable to playing the top guys in that scenario. But when I see a matchup like this, they're just like, man, lick my lips. Yeah, I got to play some Jokic. I, he's locked for me, to be honest with you guys. Uh, let's move on, though, to the New Orleans Pelicans and the Sa- Sacramento Kings, which I have a lot of interest in here. No deer and fox on the, on the king's side. So, got Sabonis here at 10.5 again. I don't have him in my current lineup. I've constructed here because I, I am going with Jokic. I can't, don't think there's a way for you to, to fit Jokic and Sabonis in since they're both center positions. So, take that for with a grain of salt. I've got less interest in Sabonis than I do in Jokic. And Jokic is uh, definitely within the same price range enough that I'm going to do everything in my power to get Jokic into my lineup. But I will mention some Harrison Barnes at 5500 and and Hoarder at 5500 as well. Just about, I mean, it's minor bump from the last game these guys played, which I told you guys, these are some guys to look at without Deion Fox in there. You know, a lot of people are going to, and I did too. I, I gravitated toward Davion Mitchell. I'm out. No more Davion Mitchell for me. It's not going to happen. Kids got to figure it out in the offensive end, man. I mean, at some point or another. And it's just not going to happen overnight. So I'm out on Davion Mitchell. Don't think he to playing him here. Not against Pelicans. But the other thing I said, even when I said Davion Mitchell, was well, I said that these guys were in Harrison Barnes are going to get more shots, they're going get more usage, and that should translate into some pretty nice lines here. And that's right, they both did that. They both hit 6x value. Could have stacked them both if you wanted. So I don't think the ceiling's insanely high on either of these guys. I would tend to lean Harrison Barnes for the safer floor. For exactly the same price, I would go Harrison Barnes safer. for. Orner needs a shot to fall to really hit the same, basically the same numbers that Harrison Barnes is going to hit. Barnes is going to definitely grab you boards. Um, he's not going to put up any defensive stats. We all know that. he will get you a few assists, rebounds, and points. And the way he scores his points just just feels safer to me. So, more into Harrison Barnes. On the other side of the ball, I think Brandon Ingram is gonna be in a lot of lineups and for good reason 7100 um yeah he's looking like the all-star Brandon Ingram we've all come to know and love uh pelicans are reeling right now so they need wins it is a back-to-back for them so obviously stay on top of his you know situation his status as he's returning from an injury but he's been back from the injury for a while now and again this is like Need to stop the bleeding here. Need to get a win. I could see it going one of two ways. I could see it going where you know the Pelicans play everybody. Or I could see the opposite, where they sit everybody. So, me yeah, on top of that. Um, but no Yoda's Felon see either. So, theoretically, even more usage for BI. Uh, I think CJ McCollum. Is a play at 7,500 only if Brandon Ingram sits, which could happen. So keep your eye on that. Uh, on the uh, the other guy I have here, which is probably my favorite play on the Pelicans, it's going to be. In, he's also going to be in a lot of lineups here. Is Larry Nance Jr. at 4,700? No, Jonas Valanciunas. He should step into that starting role. Should play about 25 minutes, maybe more. We'll hope for more. Um, I think for a GPP, you can you know, pivot to some of those cheaper guys like Jackson Hayes, really Hernan Gomez. Maybe they go off in a game like this, but I feel far more comfortable playing Larry Nance Jr. So I don't even have those other guys in my my personal player pool, to be honest with you guys. Let's move on, though. Let's go talk about Toronto and Memphis, another game I have a lot of interest in. On the Toronto side of the ball, Pascal Siakam at $9,000, which is too cheap, Honestly. Um, still waiting for him to put all the pieces together here. He's got the ability to put up rebounds, assists, threes, points, steals, blocks, everything. And he hasn't had that game in a while where he put it all together and had, you know, a 50-burger, 60-burger. And I think he could here. I I really do. So I think he's a really excellent GPP play. I don't think, let me see here, I don't think I found a way to get him into my lineup for this one just yet. I have not. But I might have to search that out if I find some more value that opens up down the road. So Pascal at 9000 I think Chris Boucher at 4000 also makes a lot of sense here. Uh, too cheap. Uh, you know, getting 20, 20 to 24 minutes. And a permanent monster. I'm still waiting also for him. I mean, it seemed like he was going to in the last one. He ended up with about 29 DK points, so he did well. But seemed like he was going to go off Then kind of cooled off a little bit. This guy can put up numbers in a hurry. So I mean, it would not surprise me to see him, you know, play 24 minutes and put up 35, 40 DK points. That's just not unheard of. 45 maybe blocks, uh, points, threes, rebounds. Definitely within the realm of possibility. So 4,000, he's got to be on your radar, especially for GPP players out there. Uh, on the other side of the ball, though, probably my favorite play for any GPP, which is I think he's going to go overlooked. I don't think a lot of people are going to have him. Brandon Clark at 5,400 he's virtually a lock for GPPs for me. I just, we've seen centers destroy the Raptors in the past. And, you know, while he's not like a traditional back to the basket center, I mean, he's going to get boards. He's going to be crashing to the basket and dunking on people. And the Raptors, even though they have length, they just don't have that above the rim shot blocker, rim protector type guy. We all know that. That's one of the things that they, 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 they lack and, looking for at the trade deadline, so I think Brandon Clark could have a pretty big game here. And still no Stephen Adams obviously, so should be locked into some pretty decent minutes. I'm hoping for him to get more minutes than he's gotten in the last three games or so, because his minutes have been down a bit. And I think this is a situation where he could get that, because the Memphis Grizzlies could see, uh, and I'm, I'm spacing out his name now, the coach, Jenkins, I think I was right, Taylor Jenkins, could see that, uh, you know, they have that mismatch there, they have that ability to, uh, you know, take advantage of the Raptors. Yes, it is Taylor Jenkins, I had to look it up, I'm silly. Anyways, so I do like uh, Brandon Clark a whole heck of a lot. Uh, Also, another guy that I'm probably going to lock into all of my lineups here is John Conchar, 3500, no Dylan Brooks with the suspension there. Um, In the past, he's got 20 plus minutes. He has produced. (laughs) He's another guy that, you know, grabs boards and scores points. Does a little bit of everything. I think, didn't he have, I think he had a triple double down the stretch last season. I mean, obviously it was, you know, everyone sat. So, uh, take that with a grain of salt for sure. But, um, he has that ability. I mean, he puts up, you know, rebounds, uh, steals, steals blocks. I mean, all of it. It's all on the table for my guy, dot Contrar. <laughs> trying to see I mean I believe he was down the stretch last season. He had that triple double. Anyways, moving on. One last guy I've got on my list here, but he's a guy that I've got several stars next to as an absolute lock for me. And it's gonna come as no surprise to you guys. Uh on the New York Knicks. Playing against the Philadelphia 76ers. I've got Isaiah Hartenstein at 4,000. Tough matchup. Joel Embiid, obviously. Uh, Joel Embiid's questionable. I think if Joel Embiid's out, I mean, I think there's no question you have to have Hartenstein. If he's in, I can see fading him. Because he's going to have high ownership here. Um, and maybe he gets in foul trouble. I mean, maybe you see like a 20-20 minute split between him and, and Jericho Sims and, and maybe... Uh, can't remember who else is over there in center position, but maybe they get a third center in there just to kind of contain Embiid uh, as, as much as possible. But closing out games, you know, for for Tibbs and um, playing much better than Jericho Sims should continue. He is the better player. Tibbs just spoke highly of him in a presser. Yeah, I, I don't. I, it's hard for me to fade this guy. At four thousand, I mean, this price is only going to come up. He's, you'll see him at like five thousand something next, next slide because everyone's going to have them. So last chance to get them, probably. All right, let's move on. Though let's talk about Thrive Fantasy. If you guys aren't signed up with Thrive Fantasy, go to ThriveFantasy.com, Sign up. Use promo code Eat to get your first deposit matched up to two hundred fifty bucks, and you're going to win some money with us. Uh, I got three plays for you guys. You only need five, so get doing over the half work for you. I've got Pascal Siakam. Over 32.5 points and rebounds, and that's 100 points against the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I've been playing his his points, rebounds, and assists uh, and winning on that. Actually, I think he might have missed the last one for me, but it's been like 36.5, 37.5. And so, you know, I, I think it's very doable here for him to get these points and rebounds. And I'm still waiting for a big game from him. I just get the feeling that this is a good good opportunity for him to do that. Uh, Brandon Ingram, over 34.5 points rebounds and assists. That's 105 points against the Sacramento Kings. Don't know how much more I have to elaborate on that. He's just looked incredible yesterday. Expecting the same tonight. Nikola Jokic, over 29.5 points against the... Minnesota Timberwolves, 120 points. He doesn't, I know, she has to say, like, it's. he's not a guy that scores points typically in this way. <laughs> More of a triple-double threat, but I don't know, man. There's not going to be anywhere to go bare. Now it's Reed is a decent shot blocker, but plays the perimeter a lot. Could get into foul trouble, plays hard, might get hurt. Then you got, what, Luca Garza and uh, Nathan Knight. Minnesota to try to contain Jokic. I just... mm. I will say, though, the last time I said this, he did not have a a great game. Tended to defer a little bit. But that was a game where it was very clear they were going to win. This is a game that I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves will give them at least through three quarters a little bit of of problems there. A little bit of competition. And uh, I do expect them to win eventually, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer here. So that's it, guys. That's going to do it for me. I am Keith Cork. You can follow me on Twitter at @bsbp_keith, BSBP Keith. And please do like and subscribe wherever you're listening. Until next time, guys, go get that money.